Awaken your senses with a curiously refreshing Hendrix Cucumber Lemonade. Curious how? Cue the aroma. Marvellous. Cue the taste. Magnificent. Cue the cucumber. That's the refreshing secret. Hendrix is uncommonly crafted with cucumbers, roses, artistry and imagination. Other gins are ordinary, but Hendrix is refreshingly curious. Discover Hendrix Gin cocktail recipes at HendrixGin.com. Please drink the unusual responsibly. Hendrix Gin, 44% alcohol by volume. Bottled and imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. Copyright 2024. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast with me, John Richardson. And me, Matt Ford. This is the podcast where we follow the highs and lows of the FPL teams of some of the country's funniest people. This is. You're really sort of trying to do something different every week with the intro. I admire it. Thank you. Well, what I don't want people to think is that we just cut and paste previous intros and that they kind of think, oh, well, there's no content in this segment for me. I, yeah. I try and squeeze content into every segment. Every syllable is a chance to amuse the people of Britain, right? Yes. So congratulations. Thank you. You've a sort of, you know, hollow victory, really, when everyone's talking about the fact that football is just not a support worth getting behind anymore. But for what it's worth, uh, 1910, is the comeback on? No. Well, hold on, hold on. It is a comeback, isn't it? Because I think I've won the last four. Uh... Well, I won one, didn't I? I think I won one. I of won the last... one, didn't I? <laughs> I was That's very good at one time. Pleading for his life in court. I won one, didn't I? Yeah. Well, if, I mean, if you want the facts, mate, I've won nineteen. Ooh, so, look you at know. you, angry yeah. peasant in the court. Yeah, didn't ask for this system. I didn't want to eat muck for a living, so the king can trample my children on his way to court <laughs> to eat figs. That's what you are, mate. Fig-munching peasant abuser. I didn't realise, I think perhaps even into my 30s, that figs were a fruit and not just a biscuit. The fig roll? Yeah, I just thought that's what figs were. Yeah, I'd say of all the sort of fruit-based products, the fig roll is the most misleading. Why? Well, because it's sort of ubiquitous, isn't it? I think there'll be many people in that boat who've had... I think there'll be someone in this country who's eaten 10,000 fig rolls and never had a fig. Oh, yes, easily, easily. Certainly of our grandparents' generations. Yeah, but um, you don't, I'd say most people have had apple pie, have had an apple. Most people who've had banoffee pie have had a banoff. But very few people have had a fig. What do you think of a fig? I prefer a fig roll. Yeah, sure. Uh, a fig is really, do. I find, um, underwhelming. I go, oh, is that it? Mm. Oh. Oh, I, they don't taste got? like the fig rolls granddad used to give me with a nice you, big cup of tea. Do you know my favourite fig-based dish? Well, go on. Now off the menu since <gasps> I went full vegan. Um, in Pizza Express, when you get the little mini puddings and a coffee. Oh, yes. An absolute masterstroke. Um, 
they do a, a like figs baked in syrup <gasps> with a mascarpone cheese on the top. You get a little espresso and the fig and the syrup. It's like a spiced syrup. It's a very Christmassy dish. Makes me feel like I'm celebrating Christmas in a piazza somewhere. You must be able to get a vegan version of that. Yeah, well, I imagine the figs in syrup is vegan. I could just ask for it without the mascarpone or with a vegan mascarpone. And I have to say, while I'm complimenting the guys, uh, Pizza Express, one of the best vegan menus out there, really, as far as a big chain is concerned. Mm. Do you know where I went the other week? Coat Brasserie. Oh, yeah, great. French place. Love it. I'll tell you why I went there. Lovely. Like a coat, because it's steak-free, steak innit? That's why you go to coat, steak-free. Yeah. On the old plat. Rapido or whatever they call it, the Plat Rapide. Um, anyway, notice they've got a vegan French onion soup. One of my favourite dishes. So I thought I'll have a bit of that. Go in there. French onion soup for starters. Mm -hmm. They do a vegan, um, a vegan steak and chips. What do you think they make the vegan steak out of? Mushrooms. Celeriac. Mushrooms I could have handled. I'd rather add a nice big grilled mushroom and some chips. Celeriac is basically a potato served with a potato. I mean, it was just unacceptable. Oh, John, life's hard, isn't it, for you? It's just the logic of these people. What do people want with potato? Well, vegans like potatoes, don't they? Just give them double potato, but one that tastes a little bit like celery, so they've I got mean, some joy in their tragic lives. You know, in a weird way, you can't fault the logic. You know, what do these fussy sods like? Oh, this thing. Why don't we give them the thing they like? Why don't you give them something that tastes like the thing everybody else is having? Anyway, how are you? What have you been up to? So I, 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 saw, someone with a, I saw someone with a Gap hoodie on in Manchester the other day. Oh, do you wave at each other like sort of camper van drivers? Well, I was kind of—I I was tempted to sort of catch her eye and just sort of say, "Oh, you got a gap hoodie," but I just, oh, I've just been weird. But I was like, "Oh my god, someone else with a gap hoodie!" Ah, oh. is that the first one you've seen since you bought the gap hoodie? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And I had mine on as well. I was just like, "Oh man!" You've been out on tour, have you? Yes, had some wonderful times in Chorley, Salford. Um, I'm in Stafford tonight. Next week in Newcastle, Hexham, and Annick. Ulnwick? Have we discussed the place? Annick, yes, Annick. beautiful place. Annick. I've had, by the way, on tour, CPFPLers coming up to me after shows. And mm. particularly after the Chorley one, the amount of people that came up to me afterwards and say they listen to this podcast. Oh, we're big in Chorley, are we? We're big in Chorley, mate. We've really cornered the um, Lancaster commuter. Yeah, there. South Lancs, that sort of Preston area. Um, do you know, annoyingly, I was very close to Chorley last week with some work, but not the day you were there. I was knocking about Accrington, South Preston, that sort of area. Nice, nice part of the world. I should have left you something like hidden behind a brick. I should have said, when you get off the train at Preston Station, how are you getting to Chorley as a non-driver? It's not ideal, is it? Good question. So I stayed in Manchester for two nights and mm. commuted. I got an Uber oh, up great there. Shout. Oh man, my Uber driver, crikey, on the way there. A young um, lad from Manchester, Pakistani heritage, and really funny guy, was teaching me a lot of appalling words. The sorts right. of words that Paul Chowdhury uses that I will not yeah. repeat on this podcast, right? <laughs> and, but you can um, find all over his socials. Oh, man. But he was really funny. But what was obvious was he just he was a Man City fan. All he wanted to talk about was City. And at one point, he goes... Who do you sport, mate? And I went, um, Nottingham Forest went, right. Because that's the thing with City, right? I think we're better than United. I was like, he hasn't got a... I could tell him Forest were non-league and he'd have believed yeah. me. 
Like if you're yeah. outside of the Premier League to a certain generation of young men, you do not exist. How does that feel, Matthew? How does that feel knowing that people don't know that your football team exists? It was horrid, but he was very funny. So he taught me lots of horrible words. And um, so he said, basically, the problem he had was, he says, um, in the evenings, he doesn't drink. He likes to um, go and play cards with the elders in his community, right? And I just thought this was a a lovely thing to do. I got invited to a poker night this week. Here we go. Wife doesn't like it because when he comes back, he swears more. (laughs) I was like, what? He's like, yeah, when he hangs around with his granddad and that, he was like, their (laughs) language is so appalling. He comes back and like... I was like, it's usually the other way around. That if you hang around with your mates, you come back with all this street language, and if you hang yeah. around with like, you know, the older, wiser heads, that's meant to be seen as a positive influence. Who do you think that story makes me think of? Your dad. You, you rat bag. Lucy what? can tell when I've been with you. It's like perfume on my collar. If I was having an affair, I come back and I use certain words more, and she knows I've been with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. You've been with that Matt Ford again, haven't you? You've oh, never no. called the fridge door that before. That means you've been with Matt Ford. <laughs> the other problem as well is, is when I've been reading Viz as well. So if you see me after I've read Viz, then it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. My vocabulary is appalling. Um, but, yes, uh, people, I mean, the CPFPL is big in the Chorley area. So possible CPFPL live at Chorley Little Theatre. That'd be great. That'd be so A lot good, of their guys, you know, I see Rob and Josh are doing the O2. Chris and Rosie Ramsey obviously got their arena tour. I think, you know, in honour of our fans, and not because we couldn't sell an arena, of course we could, but I think in honour of our sort of fan base, we should we should try and play the smallest theatres in the country. You know what? I love it when you read interviews with, um, I guess it would be celebrities, but when they... Slam. When they, but when they get... get that? When they get asked stuff like um, playing arenas or being on telly, they're like, yeah, we thought about doing that, but we just thought we'd rather do, rather than go. Well, of course I would play Wembley Stadium if I could sell it out. I just can't sell that amount. Yeah, we just thought we'd play theatres on this tour because we just prefer the intimacy. We want to honour the guys who were with us at the beginning and looking at the stats, you know, Chorley was the first town really to get behind us. So, you know, it would be unfair really to to play anywhere else first. Do you know, I met a CPFPLer last night, not no just any CPFPLer, but I tell you what, this is becoming a bit of a thing, old mate. Oh, you yeah. know, you know, this Green King fiasco. <gasps> yes. How the Green King guys are chomping at the bit to get us down there. Yeah. Um, what that's kicked off is a range of rival breweries saying, don't go down Green King, mate. So obviously we know Ooh. Matt at Nightjar Brewery's been in touch. Last night I met a gentleman who runs Rooster Brewery in Harrogate. I like the sound and of that. And he said, "Yeah, they've got um, they've got a lovely brewery there. They do gigs there." He brought me a selection pack of Rooster beers, all vegan, family-run brewery. He said, "Don't go down." So I think what we can set up here is some sort of bidding system, just to who's going to offer us the best brewery day out. And I've got to say, so far. If it's Harrogate versus Berry St. Edmunds and vegan beer versus non-vegan beer, guys at Green King need to up their game. Oh, right. Okay. Well, maybe. I mean, look, I'd I'd always like to support the little guy, but ultimately I want to support the best guy and flavour is king. <laughs> and, yes. um, you know, also is, so is green. So King um, of the game mouth. I've got an idea for a mm-hmm. new feature called Beer Off. Do you remember when we were kids off licenses? Oh, we're Beer called, Off. We called the Beer Offs. The Beer Off, yeah. Go down the Beer, beer off. off. So mm-hmm. we're having a Beer Off. 
So if you run a brewery, get in touch. Hello at cpfpl.com. And at some point, John and I will be forced for the sake of the show to do some sort of uh, nationwide tour of these different breweries. Yeah. Doing a show. It's hard to justify if we don't do some work, isn't it? Or is that just mad Catholic guilt? Um, no, I think we should. Well, I, I, I don't think you need to feel guilt about you know enjoying a trip to a brewery, but I think it's it's it would be um, selfish not to let the listener in to some degree and and do some work while yes, we're there. So what they we could can... do is, yes, do a bit of content as they call it. As I think They're I great. call it at the start of this show. I think what people like about beer, and you and I are people who we understand people, we know the world. I think people's favorite thing about beer is not drinking it, but hearing somebody else drink it. I've always thought that. Hey? People like to hear somebody else drinking a beer and then they get all the enjoyment and none of the calories, none of the hangover. And I think that's a service we could offer. You know what? I actually thought you were being serious. I thought this was one of those terrible John Richardson opinions. Where you go, people don't actually like beer. They just like seeing other people drink it and they think that they're going to like it and they taste it and it's horrible. I was like, I, I was genuinely getting really annoyed the more you spoke there. Yeah, Thank good. God you were joking. Thank God for all of our souls. I've done entire tour gigs where audiences have done that. Ninety minutes where people have got angrier and angrier as I've got as I've been speaking, and then they get home and think, well, I don't think he meant all that. <laughs> but yes, we will go to these different breweries. Let's just reflect, and I know it's difficult for you, John, on the week in football. Obviously, no. But we do need to mention it. It is a football well, you can. Party. I'm not going to say anything. You say okay. Breaking news, Leeds United lost 3-0 at home last night to Aston Villa. Matty Cash, the former Forest Academy star, scoring a stunning goal and I believe uh, assisting one of the others as well. Coutinho on fire. Anyone who captained him obviously doing well. Uh, Ings and Mings with uh, assists too. Also elsewhere in the Premier League, um, Norwich losing 3-1 at home to Chelsea. Uh, Southampton losing 2-1 at home to Newcastle United. Wolves winning 4-0 at home to Watford. Just on the Leeds thing, John, and I, I want you to know, genuinely, I don't get any pleasure from it because I want you to be happy. I do want for you, Leeds, to stay up. I am Eat. feeling terrible that Bielsa has gone. Well, I got you that jumper, didn't I? You did get me the jumper, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that, that was buys kind. me the right to talk about this. To gloat. I don't want to talk about it. There's absolutely nothing to say do you about think it. You... We are crap, and if we don't beat Norwich this weekend, I think we're going to get relegated. But and I don't understand... Unfair. You, we've been unlucky with injuries, but you can't be unlucky for a season. Uh, yeah, there'll be thirty-eight games, and if we're in the bottom three, we deserve to get relegated. That's, That's true. It. That is true. But obviously, at the start of the season, I was going, "Oh my God, Leeds are great to watch. Aren't Leeds great? Aren't we all amazing?" Well, at the start of the season, we had Calvin Phillips, we had Patrick Bamford, so now we don't have those players, and we have a wonderful squad of very hard-working players, but we have only two or three players who can make the difference in a game, and those are the players that have been out. Uh, Rafinha's form has dipped, uh, probably because he thinks he should be playing at a better team. Not to put words in his mouth, we have signed uh, an exciting and uh, potentially wonderful manager who is, however, unproven in the Premier League at a time when we've got 10 games left. We pretty much need to win half of them to have the best chance of staying up. We're playing home games against teams in our hitting zone and we are getting absolutely battered. So it is joyless. It is crap. I don't like it. I shall be sanguine about it. I will be a Leeds fan next season, whether we stay up or not. I shall go to games next season, whether we stay up or not. However, at this point, it looks bleak and I hate it. 
We'll come on to the FPL ramifications of some of those games in a second. Just for those of you that do follow football outside of the Premier League, of course, Nottingham Forest are now in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup for the first time since 1996, uh, having beaten Huddersfield in the week. Um, I mean, you must be happy for me. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes, I'm delighted for you. The only... I don't want... It would be a shame if you came up and we went down because <laughs> yeah. it would just mean we wouldn't get to watch our teams play each other again. And um, obviously the ideal is that we stay up and you come up yes. and we have some lovely episodes next week around those fixtures where we play one another. Uh, next and that's year it. That's the only good option, really. Everything else is bad. I want you to come up uh, and I don't want us to go down. I think... Right, OK, let's call it now. Norwich are gone. I think Watford are gone. Yes, and so I think Burnley, Brentford, really. I think Everton will be okay, as terrible as they are at the moment. Newcastle are absolutely fine. Those teams around us that bought players in January are fine. I think you're going to uh, stay up. I'm calling it now. I think you're staying up. I don't know. I mean, I will be there on Sunday as Leeds play Norwich. That is huge. I think you'll beat Norwich. Absolutely huge. I think you'll beat Norwich. That puts the pressure on them. Um, that sucks Brentford a bit deeper in if you beat Norwich. Yeah. Definitely. I think yes. you stay up. For what it's worth, I think you stay up. You know what? I might even put a fiver on it. Why would I do that? Why would I put We've a got on? Watford still to play. That is a big game, obviously. Um, Watford away from home. We weren't exactly convincing against them at home. We've got Southampton, of course, took a bit of a spanking from Aston Villa last week. So might be a good time to be playing them. We've got Wolves away. That's not going to end well for us. Uh-oh. We've got Palace away. We've got Chelsea now with the prospect of no fans at that game, or certainly, I mean, I would have thought they could fill it with season ticket holders only, but Chelsea now unable to sell tickets to anyone who hasn't already bought tickets to games. So we'd imagine every fixture beyond this one is season ticket holders only. I do feel for fans. I always feel for fans in this scenario, and it's the same with Derby, where clubs should be punished for breaking the rules or for whatever. Um, yes. But I do feel for fans, regardless of whatever club it is. But Yes, I do. Is, it is so funny watching people go, oh, we had no idea. You're like, it's Roman Abramovich. You were perfectly happy to take yeah, his money. Exactly. All the people who worked exactly. there were perfectly happy. Watching Eddie Howe. Watching Eddie Howe squirm about the owners of Newcastle who's going, well, I'm here to play football. Yes, but you're here to play football. Taking money from the regime of Saudi Arabia. like In a way... All this stuff's quite long overdue, I think. Obviously, we talked about Newcastle at the time, but it is, um, it's so funny watching people have to justify on Sky Sports News. You're taking money from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just here to play football. You're like, come on, mate. I understand why you're ambitious. I understand the money's good, but yes. still, but still, other things. Know where also that matter. money comes from. Yes, I would also, have more sympathy for the Chelsea fans were they not singing Abramovich's name during the applause for Ukraine. Absolutely disgraceful behaviour. And also, once you've justified it to yourself, then justify it to the public. Say, well, look, I've 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 managed to convince myself that it's okay rather than like mumbling stuff about, oh, I don't know about that. We've had plenty of yeah. time to find out, Eddie. So if you haven't, what does that say about you? And I think you probably do know, actually, because it's been in the news often enough. Um, you're better off just Ka-ching. saying, well, look. Yeah, dollar, dollar bill. Yeah, that's exactly, that's all you need to say, isn't it? I'll be out of here in a few years, but for now, I'm getting a conservatory and a Land Rover, and I'm going to Mauritius. Bad bitches. Very revealing of what you do with with your money. Conservatory first. I'm just well. I live in a flat, so that's not possible. I, I was I was trying to, as I often do with our listeners, trying to get inside the mind of Eddie Howe. He looks like a mm. man who's constantly planning extensions, and <laughs> not just to his contract. 
Oh, I'm clever sometimes, aren't I? You know the uh, Forest game the other night? I was watching on the laptop backstage. Oh, disrespectful to your audience. Tall show show finished then, is it? No improvements to be made. There's always improvements to be made, John. That's what you always tell me. Um, So I was watching it backstage with Neil Kinnock. And we watched most of the first half together. And I just thought, bloody hell, you know, here I am Mm. in a Western theatre watching Forrest at the time losing 1-0 to Huddersfield in the FA Cup with the former leader of the Labour Party. And if that doesn't capture the spirit of FPL, I don't know what does. What was Neil Kinnett's hot take on Nottingham Forest? Oh, you got that great Welsh lad up front, Brennan Johnson, obviously Cooper. I know his dad. I was because of well, like the Welsh Mafia, but also, you know, people like him are just like, obsessed with football. So he knew loads about our squad anyway, just knew it inside out. He's a big Cardiff fan. So it was surreal watching it with him because I was just like, oh my God, obviously he's a political titan, but also sort of detailed knowledge about Brennan Johnson and uh, and some of our other players. It was, it was, it was uh, quite surreal. But like a lot of people, John, really wanted Forrest to win. And I feel at the moment like the country is behind Forrest. Well, I think you misread the mood. Really? Yeah, I think the country would say there's probably quite a lot going on at the moment. Um, oh, of course, couple. I'm not saying they're saying it's the most. Given the team's available i mean who are the big uh who are the promotion rivals for nottingham forest if you exclude i mean fulham are, fulham, are fulham away, have absolutely run away with it if they don't go up it's incredible huddersfield now look very good bournemouth i mean blackburn we beat them at their place sheffield united we got a good result against luton and then above us although we've got a game in hand Millwall. only sky high Millwall, butter qpr but obviously, we just got off that terrible start. That's the problem. Well, you sort of give the impression Millwall, Borough, QPR, and then, I mean, Millwall, Borough, QPR, Luton, Sheffield United, Blackburn, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, yeah. Fulham. You are 10th. Yes, we're 10th. A point ahead of Coventry. Uh, yes. You know, it's it's tight, isn't it? I'm hor- oh, looking at it now, imagining next year. It's a horrible league. It is a horrible league. I think next year, if you don't come up and we go down, we need to set up our own fantasy championship. Because I'll say this now, if Leeds go down, I don't give a flying crap what happens in the Premier League next season. Obviously, we'd have to keep doing the show. So maybe as part of CPFPL, we also have CP... uh, CPFC. Sound of Crystal Palace Football Club. We'll get a lot of Palace fans in. Fantasy Championship. CPFC. Don't... I mean, mate, I admire you. You do a lot of important work. Do not come at me. With letters based. Okay, how about if it's CP... a letters based thing? I've got it, mate. That's what, what I do. About, what about CPEFL? CPEFL, because mm-hmm. then it's like it's still got the rhythm. Comedians and... playing English football league. English football league, but it'd be Cupfeffel, wouldn't it? Comedians playing fantasy English football league. Cupfeffel. We've got to think about the international marketing of this. That's we what could get. We could get a bod. One of these. One of these. Uh, what do you call them? Nerds? Yeah, um, losers. They could set us up a championship fantasy thing that ran the same as Premier League. And I think we'd get all those all those people who are sick of, you know, your, your Newcastles, your, your, your Saudi regimes, you know. If you're going to shoot your mouth off about all that, Mr. Ford, why don't you put my money where your mouth is <laughs> oh, and take this podcast down with you? Okay. Are you a nerd? Do you live in your mother's basement? Do you have a gaming chair? <laughs> your Email us. Basement. 
Hello at cpfpl.com and help us develop the new technology that will allow Nottingham Forest and Leeds next year to compete in Comedians Playing Fantasy Championship. You know what's going to happen now? That'll all get set up. We'll end up paying some 15-year-old tech nerd all our pension money and then Forest will get promoted and you'll bin it off. No, because investing in a championship fantasy thing, feel, that feels like we'll be the Zuckerbergs of Britain. What other comics could I host this with next week, uh, next next season? Can you say next week any, instead of next sort of... year? What are you, you, you? I think in my head, our season hinges on Sunday. And if we lose to Norwich at home on Sunday, I think we get relegated and therefore I cease to care about it. It's almost like getting time off. You know when you quit a job and you have to do, what do they call it, gardening leave? Yeah. I think if, if we lose to Norwich this weekend, I can happily just take the rest of the season off. I'll be in absolute free fall. I'll be great news for you in terms of FPL because I'll become one of those people who just doesn't change their team. I just, well, I'll be off, mate. I'll be on the beach, so to speak. So last week, just to remind you what happened in FPL, uh, I scored 78 points, you scored 73. Um, I had a lot of double game week players. Alexander-Arnold, I wish I'd have captained him um, because that would have reaped 24. We all wish we'd captained other people, mate. Um, Mo Salah. But you... Let's have a look where you went wrong. Okay. Oh. Well, I shouldn't have captained Mo Salah. Yes. That's very clear. I picked up a whopping six points for that. Should have captained, as you say, Alexander-Arnold. I would have picked up 24. I had Saka in my team. I had Ruben Neves in my team. Any one of these would have been a better captain choice. Uh, and a lot of, you know, just bad, bad, you know, a last-minute goal here. Who could have foreseen Norwich putting one away uh, against Chelsea? You know, let's be honest, Norwich got thrashed against Chelsea. However, that one goal cost me. Again, Arsenal, a romping performance and one scrappy goal. So I lose points on Ramsdale. I lose points on Thiago Silva. Uh, Laporte and Cancelo, again, Manchester City, you know, had a good week, but conceded a goal and therefore um, that uh, goal that Manchester United scored. So, you know, you look at my back four, all teams that won heavily. I think I made the right choices. Um, What I did think, I made a call last week. What was my call? I was congratulating myself for something in midweek. Were you? I don't imagine that's a rare event. You're probably struggling to narrow it down in between eating vegan spuds and whatever else. No, I made a call in the podcast that was like, oh, I'm not going to do that because... Mm. Oh, do you know what it was? Go on. I, I remember saying I'm not going to... I, I didn't uh, force Reese James in because I felt that returning from injury wouldn't play both games against Chelsea. And it's very rare you say something uh, astute on this podcast about football, but I was right. And uh, Ian Sterling captained Reese James, top of the league. After that first game, I think he got like 208 points or something. I thought, well, that's it. And then Reese James didn't play the second game. And I thought, well done, John. And then I checked my team and I thought, actually, no, you are an idiot. You know, sod all. And you're sliding down the league like the team you actually support because football's crap. Funny that, isn't it? How our fortunes are mirroring those of our clubs that I'm got off to a bad start and I'm doing really well now, like Forrest. You got off mm. to a bad start and are slipping down like Leeds. But you're in no danger of being done. Yeah, funny that, that, isn't it? <laughs> funny. It is. Funny, right, laugh about it. I'll have a good laugh about it when we stop recording. I'll probably go and sit in the corner and have a good old laugh about it and, until I cry. I'll probably laugh until I cry about how funny it is that I started well and, and I'm doing badly and so are Leeds. Well, what should I film? I've lost this week. There's a few uh, forfeit suggestions. So the James Madison jewellery thing, I think, was yours. We talked a long time ago. Yeah, but you about were going to send right... me the jewellery. That was the whole point. I'm I waiting oh, for right. you. 
uh, male jewellery. Right, and I'm waiting for your cocktail, and I'm waiting for your Beelzebub's My Daddy video. Right, okay. Backlog well, I'm, boy. I'm still waiting for a pint with a duck. That is basically boy. impossible. I work it's... seven days a week. That's really hard. To... That's not an easy before a gig. You sat there watching football with Where Neil Kinnock before a, a gig. You might as well have a pint. Near the Duchess Theatre. Still waiting for you to sign a book and hand it to someone saying, I at least and I'm still waiting that. for you to be cryogenically frozen. Look, we've You've both got a mega got backlog. A backlog. So this week... Yours um, is worse than mine. I can either write the uh, FPL song a la uh, FPL Pig, um, mm. or I don't know if you've seen the news that a man broke the world record for Jaffa Cakes by... Excellent. 88 Jaffa Cakes in three minutes. Excellent. Do um, it. You want me to have a stab at that? I don't yeah, I do. I, well, yeah, I want that. you to have a proper stab at it. You made it sound like it's going to be half-hearted. Go for it. Try and win, John. Well, I'm going to have to find some vegan Jaffa Cakes because oh, Jaffa Cakes God. are vegan. Well, I'll tell you what. What? Oh, God, you to save the planet and stop animals getting their no, throats slit. Ah, oh, you John, piece of turd. I think you misunderstand. We know you're a vegan. You don't have to keep telling us. That's all it is. I didn't tell you I was a vegan. I said I would have to find vegan Jaffa Cakes. Oh, I know what I'll do the video vegan. you'll say. Jaffa Cakes are vegan. Oh, that's not a legitimate Jaffa Cake. They'll probably be a bit smaller. Like the McDonald's vegan That's burger, fine. which is inexplicably smaller. That's Why is fine. it smaller? We're not it's small. Less, it's, well, you aren't small. It's, it's less fun. Actually, you are. I'm tall and I occasionally eat meat and cheese. You're short and you don't. Science yes. at work here on the show. You're happy to say that about all vegans, are you? You know those vegan athletes? I'm just talking about me and you, mate. This is the only sample we have. Um, so scientific fact. As a vegan, I hope leads stay up. Ooh. Been thinking about the curse this week and whether I've got it because obviously things, you know, just things are not going well now. The vegan um, curse. Someone else we mentioned a little while ago on the podcast, John Terry, yeah. talked about the artwork in his house. Oh, and you know, one of his other yes. investments has been NFTs, uh, non-fungible. Um, what are they called? Tokens. Tokens. I mean, a nonsense. But yeah. uh, since we had the conversation about John Terry investing in art, the value of his NFTs has plummeted by 90%. Good. Um, he's also been widely criticised for inexplicably tweeting a picture of him and Abramovich saying that he was the best uh, before Abramovich was sanctioned. So perhaps John Terry's got a bit of the curse. I you think say I've inexplicable. got a bit. I say predictable. If there's if if you give me any foreign policy scenario and ask me to guess which side John Terry would be on, <laughs> I don't think it would be that hard to guess uh, which side he would take. And it's it's not always the side that perhaps everyone else takes, John. Mm. No, mm. I think we should get this show on Radio Four. You know, I think we're doing so much edgy topical stuff. Yeah, do you think, yeah, mate? Comedians sort of... playing fantasy news quiz. Yeah, I think we're we're making so many arch. You know, I really feel my sort of left eyebrow going up a lot when we're recording yeah. this, and I think really getting into this is basically satire. What we're doing here. should a captain Dante Zaltzman last week? Of course, uh, Susan kalman has been out injured, but uh, next week Miles Jock plays twice because he's on News Quiz. And um, sorry, I haven't got a clue. Excellent, um, excellent News Quiz knowledge. Um, you know what? The one other thing I was going to say about your fantasy team, John, is that you had a oh, lot of yeah, high-scoring individuals. So Alexander-Arnold scored 12, Saka 12, yeah, Neves yeah. 13. I mean, even Jimenez with nine and Thiago Silva with eight. Really high-scoring side, but obviously it wasn't as high. as. In a way, I'm, 
it was captaining Saar that did it for me in goal because he scored 18. Well, that's it. And I had a, I, you know, I, I don't, these things hinge on a sixpence. I had Dennis up front. Dennis nicks one against Wolves, and that's it. You lose six points for your goalkeeper, and I gain a few for my striker, and that's it. I win this week. So I'm not going to watch the highlights, but I can't think of a game I give less of a toss about than Watford Wolves. The idea that I would voluntarily sit through highlights of a game I care not a jot about. However, I bet there'll be a point when Dennis had a chance and Saar smothered it. And there you go. That's the moment in which you won this week. And that's the moment in which my Jaffa cake munching fate was sealed. And next week, or this coming game week, the thing that really excites me about my team is We've already looked ahead to next week. I envy you. I envy you that. Just 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 excited by it. Just enjoying the game at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, just looking at the fixtures next week. Just can't wait to get on the pitch. Yeah. So on my bench, I've got Saka, Robertson, and Tierney. Mm -hmm. They're They're on the bench, John. Yeah. I think you and your lot are going to have to accept that Nottingham Forest are a good side. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you want to talk about benches, mate. I got, I got Jared Bowen on the bench currently. Oh, out inches. Can uh, I ask? I got. I would Neil like to talk about benches. Actually, I'll tell do you, you have a I've bench got. at your new house? Uh, oh, I know what you've got. You've got that big seat. Yeah, the apple seat. The yeah, garden. that's a bit like a bench, isn't it? But it's just like a sort of modern bench. What are you up to, Alan? Where's this going? No, it's just because you said bench. I was just like, oh. You know what? I had a lovely sit down on a bench yesterday. In fact, I enjoyed it so much. So I went for a walk yesterday, went and sat on a, a local bench and had a cup of coffee from a shop mm. and listened to... Um, oh, you got it from to, a shop. We talked a while ago about um, that Pure Moods tape Yeah, with ambient music. So I went and sat on this bench, <laughs> listened to some ambient music and um, had a coffee. And then I got off the bench and walked. And I just thought, actually, I was really enjoying that bench. Why did I get up and move? So I went and bought another coffee, went back and sat on the bench for a bit longer. And it was lovely. And I just thought, I love, you, I don't think you can beat a good bench. And then I was thinking, does John have a bench? And I was just picturing your garden. And you do, you, although, could you call it a bench? But I guess a, an outdoor seat, I guess, is the thing. And you do. We've got an out. Uh, we, we, we've got a sort of dining table outside with bench seating. If that counts, yes. doesn't have a back. And I think you strike me as a man for whom the back of the bench is an integral part. Crucial, crucial. Absolutely. You know what? If you're eating, it's fine. You can lean forward, get your hands in the salad bowl, pass the wine, have a bit of rosé. Have we got some ice, please? Oh, we'll have a bit of fizz. Once you've eaten, you then need to, as every man lean will tell you, back. you need to collapse back. Yeah, and um, if you can't loosen do that, the belt buckle a bit. If you can't do that, you're basically being held in a stress position. You you might as well be at Guantanamo, really, because you you leant forward over these bulging guts. Mm, I had another... um, Went to watch Sing 2 with my daughter this week. Guess who's in Sing 2? Adam Buxton. Okay. I love Adam Buxton. This is not not a dig at Buckles, but you know when when it's so close, you think, I've met him. Why am I not in Sing 2? It's all I want. I'll retire. I keep making this offer to to the British people and the world. If you want to see the back of me, all I want is to just be an incontinent frog in a film. And that's it. I'm out of your way. I'm done. You know what you've got to do? Stuff like this, you have to prove that you can do it. So you need to start doing incontinent frog stuff. You need to get on TikTok with a filter on and play a frog that shits itself while dancing to Bewitched or whatever. 
And then right. people would be like, oh, actually, in Continent Frog Guy, there is a guy that does that. He's that sort of weird one off the telly. Yes, yes. Well, I did a series of, you know, Walk on the Wild Side where I played a sort of army general monkey. Uh, I played a dung beetle. That obviously that obviously didn't do it. I mean, I wrote a whole storyline into the first series of Meet the Richardsons. It was basically an excuse for me to do Pixar voices. But I can, only really assume the, uh, I can only assume the guys at Disney Pixar aren't watching Dave. Well, I think these things don't always coincide, do they? You know, they'll be in, they'll already be in pre-prod when you guys are RXing, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just purely... I, do you know, I've got so close to so many. Do you know what they do? Have I told really? you this before? Where they use comedians to basically uh, funny up scripts. Yes, that's so right. What they'll yes. do, they'll send you a script and they'll say, "Oh, we really love you for the role of uh, Gaston the Incontinent Frog." But if you just workshop this scene, send us in three or four, and then you watch the film, and your gags are in it uncredited, <sighs> and it's obviously the you know it's John Cleese doing it. And you think you would it was never me or John Cleese, you turds. <sighs> anyway, I'm fine with it. And uh, still happy to travel to London to audition for free. Well, look, I think you should tap, you should spill the beans and tell us what gags you've been getting into these big films. Oh, I don't do it anymore. I tell them to sod off now. If it comes in with anything other than just here are the lines, send them back. I say, nah, 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 nah. I know what's happening here. <laughs> but put it this way. If you watch Ice Age 3 and there's an extended riff about Morrison's Cafe Breakfast in there, you know... That hadn't been there. You know what? That'd be so funny to watch, like a major Pixar film, and just have like clearly identifiable comedians' routines in there. Oh, it's Home Alone 3. What's going on here? There are two types of people in the world, putters and leavers. You're like, no way. No way. That's the house we got to break into, Marv. They got big TVs. They got one of those new dishwashers, and it's very important when you're loading the dishwasher, you got to put the cutlery face up. I mean, that's the great thing with mine being such a domestic, topical comedy is that there's no way that's good. You're not going to turn on Frozen 2. And they're going to go, oh, I wonder what Boris Johnson would make of uh, Ed Miliband and Gordon Ramsay. What are they? (laughs) Why is a snowman impersonating that bloke off Sky Sports News? How did George Galloway get into Frozen 3? (laughs) Absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) It's not a good point to talk about how much, if you enjoy the show, we'd like you to leave a review. But I'll tell you what, your campaign of uh, almost berating our listeners, not just asking, but, you know, really imploring them to leave a review it's really working um so somebody's left a review that says i don't do fantasy premier league but i love this podcast um i'm leaving this review like everyone else because they told me to uh five star review as told to by the hosts uh and then one that i think you'll like now you tell me uh we read a review from my mum last week yeah what do you think of this it's good. Five stars. It's a good part. I listen to it whilst playing Snake and borrowing next door's Wi-Fi. Hugs and kisses. Matthew's mummy. <laughs> you Is know that... what? <laughs> Firstly, it's not clearly. My mum doesn't have, like I say, doesn't have the internet, doesn't have a device you could review on. There's no, another I... one that's just come in that says slightly proud mum. Matt is marginally less annoying on this pod, pod than he was growing up. Lots of love, Mrs. Ford. <laughs> Which actually is more realistic. Yeah, well, the the first review, the, the sort of uh, ID that he's been signed in on is Plonker Pants. And I don't know if that's <laughs> anything. I don't know if that's a name your mum Okay, no, that's a, a dead giveaway. That is my mum. Uh, <laughs> there's another one called Teabag-A-Lot. 
uh, Roasty Toasty. You know, these are all good people. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Tea Yankee Cat. <laughs> what is the matter with our wonderful uh, supporters? And thank you for leaving those reviews. And if you haven't yet left one, let that be an inspiration to you. This is a good deed. You know, in a world where kindness is needed more than ever, leave a review on iTunes, five-star review, written review, and it just just helps the rest of the community find the show. And while we're it? shouting out to the community, it's a long time since we checked in on the Listener League, but okay. um, the, the leaders now of the Listener League, over 2,000 points. So uh, Better Call Raul has been knocking around the top downhill for a long time. He's down 2,020 points. Behind him, a few new faces and excellent team names. So James Cockbane. Uh, is now in second place, 2,001 points, 2,001 an FPL Odyssey with his team, Deanie in a Bottle. Genius. You like also, that? I bet his name is pronounced Cobain. It'd be like Cockburn, it'd be Cobain. Cockburn. It'd be Cobain. Uh, Mike Harris is in third. Hi, Mike. 1996. Oh, I can't see those numbers without just being sad mm. um, about times gone by. He's called his team... The Sesk Pistols. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Really good, isn't it? And it falls foul of my rule that uh, Sesk Fabregas not a current Premier League player, so he does lose some points there. But for originality, uh, and, and uh, I'm going to give him a, a solid 8 out of 10. I'm going to give him 9 out of 10. And uh, because the Sex Pistols are a great band, John, I don't know if you've listened to Nevermind the Bollocks, great new album. You need to get it on your... Uh, I'll check it out. Can, I, can I get device. that at HMV? You know what? Yeah, you probably can. You probably can. Get on um, eBay, get an original. Oh, no, I want to go down there and get it myself. It might have a discount sticker on it. And while I'm there, I might get a poster from a bedroom wall. God, can you remember when... Do people still buy posters? Do young'uns? Email us. Hello at CPFT. <laughs> <laughs> the young'uns. deal for our generation, wouldn't they? It what are like, young'uns oh. spending their pocket money on these days? Can't be all LOL surprise. Is it um, is it posters? Are posters still a thing? Film posters, posters. I mean, when we were growing up, it was very. Um, you'd go into a, a you know a shop like HMV, yeah. and it would be yeah. a mixture yeah. of yeah. pop culture, so yeah. film posters, Ghostbusters, yeah. X Files, football, and then scantily clad. It was the yeah. kind of FHM element to it, and I always found yeah. that very odd. I was, you know, the sort of Rolodex, the giant sort of thing you flick through. Yeah. Um, I was looking through like. one of those two weeks ago. Whereabouts? You can still get them. So they're not in um, your HMV, your Zavi, your those kind of places now. Yeah. They are in your big sort of out of town retail outlet. I'm trying to think of the one I was in. But it's the kind of I can't think of any of their names now. Donnell Mill, Pets at Home, Sophology. Exactly that. Donnell Mill, those sort of home uh, bargains. Yeah. That's what oh, I'm yes. thinking of. I think yeah, I was yeah, in right. a home bargains. I was away gigging. I had time on my hands. Right. I got to Brighton a little bit early, um, nice. by which I mean seven or eight hours early for my gig. Uh, and as we've discussed on the podcast, spent the day in my car staring out to sea. But what I did do is drive the length of Brighton Pier right down to uh, the town Shoreham, okay, Shoreham by Sea, where they had a big home bargains. I went in there, I got my daughter some frozen bedding, and I had a look through the film posters. 
and they're not film posters anymore. They're all for kids. But I enjoyed the flick, the clack, the heavy clack, swinging an A3 or whatever it is, A2 board right across. Bang. Loved it. Yeah, I had a lot of South Park ones. I had South Park, The Three Lions, and Ghostbusters, I think, were my posters of choice. I've still got, you know, I'll root it out. I've got a picture that I took of my bedroom wall. Um, I think there's three Pamela Andersons, there's a Claudia Schiffer, and I think there's an Independence Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Aliens and big boobies. That's that's what the thirteen year old John Richardson was thinking about. That's what the nineties were, man. Yeah, absolutely. That was absolutely. just cultural. Was you were powerless. Time. It's not on you. No, well, you know. With hindsight, you know they didn't do Rick Stein posters. I'd have bought one. Can you Did get a giant Rick Stein poster? Rick Stein with big boobies <laughs> with his chebs out. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever do a topless shoot? Email us. Hello at CPF. We need to find those files. Leaning coquettishly over a mandolin with a hake draped over it. If we did like a Patreon, we would do like a Rick Stein topless calendar. I mean, he'd probably be livid. Yeah, I don't want to upset the man. I do hope to meet him one day and shake his hand. Uh, <laughs> it's time for Jimenez and Hermanez. Hi, John and Matt. Hi. Hi, this is from James. Oh, I am an Aston Villa fan. My fiancé is a Birmingham City fan. Our relationship has never been more strained than when Villa were in the championship and it was Derby Day. Thankfully, Villa's promotion to the Premier League has kept our relationship strong and my fiancé miserable. We are also FPL rivals and she's currently upset with me because she listened to my less than honest advice not to triple captain Salah in Liverpool's double game week. Lots of love from the manager of Pint of McGuinness, James. Wow. Ooh. Football rivalry. I can understand that. Villa, Birmingham, bit of friendly rivalry. Ha ha, we gone up, you didn't. You can't advise someone not to triple captain Mo Salah when you know you're going to do it yourself. That is bad. That's the sort of thing that's going to get listed in divorce proceedings. You're like, unreasonable behaviour. He told me yeah. not to triple captain Sally on it, and then he did it. And they'd just be like, yeah. we are, this is open and shut. You're getting Absolutely. 80% of everything. This guy is scum. I mean, my favourite Villa Blues period was when they were both in the Premier League. Do you remember that Dion Dublin, um, Robbie Savage game? where <laughs> Dublin, slightly half head. It was the same game. It went mad where I think Enkelman let in a throw in. And then a fan ran on the pitch and like rubbed his hand in Enkelman's face. It was one yes. of the most explosive derbies. And then Dion Dublin gets sent off for it was like you know when they pretend like they're gonna headbutt each other but they don't, and then Robbie Savage mm. made a meal of it and got Dublin sent off. I was watching this with some mates, and we had a mate who was a Villa fan and a mate who was a blues fan, and they were both at the game, so we we're watching this in Nottingham, just screaming, laughing. And they were it was when Sky Sports used to do fan zone. Do you remember that, where you could press the red button and there'd be a fan of oh, each team? Oh, yes, brilliant. Uh, what a stupid idea. It was a stupid idea. But then he goes, go on, Dion, let him know. And he goes, it's not in him. It's not in him. <laughs> and then he called him. I mean, he called him a word that would, should not have been allowed to be broadcast on Sky Sports. It was, so, <laughs> it was one of the funniest. Watching a local derby with Sky Sports fan zone on, was one of the riskiest listens in British broadcasting. Oh, man, they were the days. And then, like, fans kept inventing. I mean, obviously, we do not condone that on CPFPL, but when it's f- far enough in the past, it feels like it's just jaunty behaviour. 
It was bonkers, all that. Scott Wignall has been in touch. Hi, now, Scott. This is very relevant to you. Oh, okay. Um, lots, it's a very Scott-heavy show today. That's cool. Uh, I'm a Bolton fan. My Ooh. wife and her family are Blackburn fans. I've been binging the podcast for the last month. So this is a new listener, Scott. Uh, throughout this period, the in-laws have come to stay with us to watch the football because Rovers have been on Sky five or six times. Before I started listening to this podcast, Rovers were battling out at the top of the table. But since, their form has fallen off a cliff, and my in-laws now think that I am cursed. <gasps> Long may it continue. Happy Bolton fan. Cheers, Fordy. So this may be the first time we have actually succeeded in our mission to wield the curse uh, to benefit one of our listeners. Scott has started listening to the podcast. He's been in the company of Blackburn Rovers fans. Rovers form has uh, absolutely collapsed. And uh, he thinks he's caught the curse from the podcast and been able to spin it to his advantage. Wow. What a great way to harness the curse. Yeah, absolutely. He understands it in a way that I don't. That's the problem is that I've never really, but I think other people further away from it have have a better sight of it. So if you can help me harness it, email hello at cpfpl.com. Because I feel like I should be able to use it to my advantage more. And I can't think of a way. You know what, at the moment, I've got terrible back pain. you still got your bad back. Oh, man. Oh, it's killing me, John. It's oh. absolutely doing me in. It's really, yeah, really Yeah, it's big. awful. Awful bad back. You know, the worst thing is, the only time I'm actually not in physical pain is when I'm on stage because I'm upright. Because you, you just get love these... performing. We get the performance adrenaline, don't you? Yes, you do. So that just basically cures all problems, right? Mm. I mean, I carry an adrenaline injection around with me in case I have an anaphylactic shot. When you're on stage, the adrenaline of performance is basically like a miracle cure. At Salford Lowry the other night, it was just like, oh my, I don't want it to end because it made me feel so good. Mm. And surely, oh man, Corby. You never God. did, oh man. <laughs> That's a hell of a triple up, Salford, surely, oh man. that's all we've got time for this week next podcast is going to be out tuesday morning and it's our first international guest it's german comedian henning wren remember to send us new format and strand ideas and also leave those emails any um stories you've seen in the week you'd like us to cover tweet us at comedians fpl email us hello at cpfpl.com find us on instagram on facebook And just spread the word. And also, please, it's only happened twice. And I did take the advice. I need your help. Tweet me at Matt Ford for some hot tips. Good luck in game week 29. Bye. Bye.